we're, we're all doctors now. <laughs> That's <laughs> idiots. Um, it, are we gonna? Is it? Are we gonna keep it funny? Yeah. I mean, we're Siri. We're doctors. <laughs> are you? Can doctors be funny? That's the question. We like this cow. It's kind of one of those things. It's like a duck. You know, you see a duck in the water, right? The duck looks like it's cool, but the duck's freaking working hard under the water. Wow. Working hard, working hard. That's how hard places. We look cool, but we're working hard. You are now listening to the Duck Legs Podcast. Now we are doctors of physical therapy. Still bringing the raw content, not holding anything back. We're going to laugh. We're going to love. We're going to cry. We're going to touch each other in some very sensitive places. The bullshit that you're about to hear is definitely not any kind of medical advice. And you should not listen to this at all. This is for entertainment purposes only. And we say that loosely. Can you guys hear me all right on my, on my new fancy AirPods? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you're talking to a, a wire-free man. <laughs> How does it feel? It feels good. I feel light. I feel agile. Yeah. I'm kind of bouncing, bouncing around my dining room right now. Got an ice pack on. You're doing burpees right now? What? Yeah, dog. One-arm burpees. <laughs> yes. Ice. <laughs> and, that, and that voice you hear is Dr. Teddy Wilsey. Did I get that last name right? You, you nailed it, man. That a boy. <laughs> you know him. You know him from strength coach therapy, down in D.C., Washington D.C. Yeah, that is home of Wale. What what <laughs> other what other rappers do are from D.C. Uh man, that's. I mean, Wale was like the, he was the big one because I remember he was kind of popular when we were younger, and we were like, man, he's gonna make it one day. And he actually yeah. did. He made it. <laughs> and then Chappelle rep reps D.C. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, Dave? exactly. Yeah, Chappelle's – so I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, and Chappelle's from Silver Spring. Nice. And he was – and Silver Spring is a suburb. I mean, it's not, like, cushy, cushy suburb, but, you know, it's not inner city. And he was like, oh, yeah, repping the mean streets of Silver Spring and just kind of, like, making jokes about it. But I, people don't know that he's joking, so it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it, only you know. That joke is exactly. just for you, Teddy. Exactly. So we'll get into your half-baked stories and all that uh, here in a bit. Um, <laughs> but if you don't follow Strength Coach Therapy on Instagram and know of uh, the Healthy Baller lifestyle, get on that. Is Healthy Baller the name of your clinic? So it is. Um, it, it was the name of the gym. So I approached I, – I knew the owner of Healthy Baller for uh, many years. I've known him since like probably 2009 when I was a strength coach. And so I, his name is Blair O'Donovan. And so I approached Blair and I was like, Hey man, like what if we just threw a table up over there? <laughs> and he was like, and you want to just like practice PT here and just leave your job. And I was like, well, you know, we could start with PT. And if you have some strength coach needs, I could do that too, just to supplement my money. And that's what I did. Left my job. And I was, you know, I started my own LLC. And so like from a business standpoint, it's Teddy Wilsey LLC, but you know, you can, when you have that LLC, you can practice under another business name if it's, if it's under your name personally. So it's healthy baller physical therapy. 
And yeah. uh, a year and a half late, year and a half later, we've got uh, Dr. Wesley Wang with us too. And um, so there's two PTs and a bunch of strength coaches, and we have our own little office. We we carved out a space in the gym and put some walls up last year. So it's good, man. That's that's the name of the practice. All all of this from like, yo, how about we put a table next to those uh next to those dumbbells right there? That easy, <laughs> pretty much. That's what it was, man. My table was literally, you could deadlift less than three feet from my table. And so I would have patients on the table, like getting the suboccipital release and then just like jumping off the table and somebody would drop weight. (laughs) And that's how it should be. Exactly. You know, you got to keep them on their toes. So it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't the like, it wasn't the, the perfect clinical or therapeutic environment at first but you know you got to make do sometimes if you want to want to try something new hell yeah <laughs> and i would argue that that therapeutic environment is subjective and people like me and, and tyler want our want our sub ops released next to people that are deadlifting exactly you know there's well it's funny my my first job was the type of place where they played every private treatment room had like spa music on Mm-hmm. and there were ton- tons of like kind of fake Japanese plants. Like that was the theme of the place. Yeah. And so it was a, it was a big change, <laughs> but a, a welcome change for me. Cause I was like, all right, I'm not going to rip holes in any more khaki pants. Like I um, can actually wear shorts when I, when I demonstrate these lunges. That's a so struggle. That was nice. That's a struggle, <laughs> man. And somebody that knows about ripped khaki pants. We also have Tyler Adams here oh. on the episode <laughs> just to, to introduce our other co-hosts. We've got Tyler, we've got Trace McClintock, but we also indeed have a special guest, the the man of the hour who actually set up this whole interview, uh, hailing from Fort Lauderdale, uh, coming out of Nova Southeastern, is that right? Yes, sir. You yes, got sir. It. Chris Mendoza. Yep, yep. So I follow Teddy on Instagram, and uh, I like a lot of his stuff. Sorry about that noise. So thought it'd be good to bring him on and interview him a little bit. Yeah, man. And with that being said, what you got? Yeah, so I know you guys were just talking about Healthy Baller, and it's cash-based. So how do you like what working in the cash-based uh, setting, Teddy? You know, I, it would be really simple for me to just say I love it, um, but it does have its own challenges because you can't always treat exactly the way you want to treat Um you know, so, so a lot of times you think you go to cash space because you're, you're thinking, okay, now I get an hour with every one of my patients. Um, and that is true. I think the first hardest thing about cash is that you, know, you got to get the business. Um, so you need to have ways, like you need to have referral sources. You need to kind of um, put time into your online platforms or whatever it may be to drive in business. And then the other hard part is that like sometimes you're expected to to like make change quickly, you know, cause people are spending money. Right. And so it's not, you can't lock people into like twice a week for six weeks. It's just not always reasonable. And so it's much more based on, um, kind of home exercise program and mindset and education. Uh, you know, because people don't just come to do the same exercises every single time. Most people that see me are kind of independent with doing doing stuff on their own so they instead they just want my opinion right so it's um i love it man but you know it has its own challenges <laughs> gotcha um so we know you're a strength coach what do you feel that like 
PTs lack um, in the strength and conditioning realm when they're treating the patients since you've been in that type of field before? Can I say everything? Ooh. <laughs> Shots fired. That's an answer. Pow, pow, pow. Hey, pow, pow. Man, the, mean, the mean streets of D.C. Hey. That's fire, brother. Hey. <laughs> Home of Chappelle and Wale. <laughs> you know what it is, man? There, there's just – I don't know if it's like an ego thing, but a lot of PTs leave PT school thinking that they're already like grandfathered into being personal trainers. Oh, wait, I don't, I'm not. <laughs> that didn't just happen. And then like, and then they'll like go into a gym and they'll see one person deadlifting with a rounded back and they'll kind of like laugh at them and be like, oh, I know everything about working out. That's not correct. Right. You know, but it's, there's strength and conditioning and, higher higher level personal trainers not like your 19 year old at gold's gym <laughs> but um you know the people that do it for a living the people that work with with higher level athletes work with active adults um those people have their own practice and art that they've spent a lot of time learning and pt school doesn't teach us that side of things so there's no there's no I mean, maybe some schools have it, but like we weren't exposed to any barbells or anything like that. And I don't think every PT needs to spend tons of time with a barbell necessarily, but like you could talk, you could learn squat and deadlift form with kettlebells. I mean, you don't, you know, there just wasn't, there's none of that instruction, um, periodization and like the whole idea of paying attention to like a week's worth of stress and kind of like planning the workouts that way that whole concept is never really introduced in PT school. Whereas like if I'm working with my D one basketball player with a sore knee, the first thing I'm asking him every time he comes in is what was your practice schedule the past two or three days and practice and playing schedule and what's your schedule the next two or three days. Right. And, and everything, every decision that I'm making with him is based on kind of a bigger picture idea of stress management and that's huge in the strength and conditioning world. You know, we're talking like sports science and all these kind of these concepts that are, that are coming to the forefront in strength and conditioning. And as far as I know, and I don't want to misspeak or bash PT schools. I don't, I don't think that stuff's being taught or even being mentioned. And so I think that PTs really miss out on what it takes, what physical preparation means. I think they're, we're just, we're extremely kind of zoomed in or like nearsighted, just staring at like, if somebody says their knee hurts, we're just like, is it the MCL? Is it the meniscus? Is it that, you know, and instead we don't kind of back up and look at the bigger picture, which I think is what strength and conditioning does a lot of times. You know, sometimes it's just too much of one thing. That makes a lot of sense. So I think that's part of it. I think the stress management and, and that goes into periodization and longer term planning, you know? Um, and then the other thing is just learning how to help people move at higher levels. Um, so what I mean by that is like, what does a sprinter 
let's say a field athlete, a high school lacrosse player that can run probably their, their top sprinting speeds, probably around like 18 miles per hour. Um, what do we need to do for them to help them with their hamstring? Cause those are the people that I see in my practice. And so often they come to me from some other PT mm-hmm. and they were doing slow eccentrics and massage the entire time or, or dry needling for like two months. And they never progress yeah, you know, there's never they never get back into like specific type mm. of training that those athletes need. Um, so there's, I think that um, just the the strength and conditioning exercise intervention part of it is is the other aspect that PT PT really misses. But you know, PT is a small, and I realize it's going to PT school. It's such a small, uh, or sports med rather, such a small part of PT. You know, so they they can't spend a ton of time teaching it. Gotcha. Do you so, think is it really that small of a niche compared to the uh, the other niches? Do you think in PT? Well, so I don't know what the breakdown is. I remember looking at it years ago, but like, what's the percentage of PTs that are inpatient? You know, like, do you think it's close to half? Man, I wish I need to look up these stats now. Because you would think hospitals tend to employ more people, big hospital yeah. organizations, right? Right, and and I mean, I think just the population of people, mm. uh, you know, the like like demographics that exist, because there are so many more people with knee replacements than there are ACL, you know, or there or there's just so many so many more older people, so many more baby boomers than there are people our age and into their thirties. That, that are seeking PT. Yeah. So, and um, I can speak for Tyler that w- throughout our program, we have had a, a geriatrics class we, and we've had a, we have, we've had, we've had two geriatrics classes and two pediatric child development classes. We haven't, we haven't, there isn't a, a class that's like specifically designed for working with the athlete at our program. Right. Right. Which there should be. And, and here's the other thing. If you're if you're kind of like thinking outside the box and learning principles of movement, you could apply that higher level stuff to to your geriatric population. Yeah, because the geriatric population, let's face it, what are they doing? They're walking around. They're sitting and standing. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I don't mean to to dumb down or, or insult anybody that works with that population. Uh, I know that there's, you know, a lot in terms of motivating and all that, but it's not the most complex uh, goals yeah. from a physical therapy standpoint. For sure. I, I just finished a, an acute inpatient uh, or acute care at a hospital. And it was really exciting to get to work with the patients that could do 13 sit to stands in a minute. You know, it was like, Oh, I'm working with fucking LeBron <laughs> over here now. It's, and it's like, all right, we're gonna, I can do stuff like some higher level stuff, right? We're going to go for a six minute yeah. walk test. You, you badass you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a mindset shift, but, but it, it does feel very similar. And I can say this guy like, com- coming from a CrossFit coach mindset of like, all right, so today we're going to work on seeing how many sit to stands for time, right? We're going to see how fucked up that gets you and where we can progress from there. And it's, it's the same, it's the same thing compared to that versus somebody saying, all right, we're going to see how many toes to bar we can do. It's the same movement shit at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that population, think about the, 
I mean, you probably had them auto-populated in your computer system, but think about the goals for that population. It's like the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's, it's always like a functional based goal. So you don't need to, <laughs> there could be more education on the nuanced aspect of, of sports and movement and, and hamstring, you know, hamstring poles and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know, man. I struggle with it because, you know, I, I think I got an awesome PT school education because they like kind of taught me how to think. Um, but I had, I was lucky that I had that strength conditioning background beforehand. Um, I hate just sitting around bashing PT schools and, and not like being able to do anything about it, but there's definitely a kind of a, a big hole, big gaping hole in terms of trying to help active people. Mm-hmm. and people know it people know it man like people are like how many times do you like it happens all the time you hear the bad everybody has a bad story about pt and that's frustrating like why why does our profession have to have that like that blemish you know like my wife went to pt when she hurt her back a couple years ago it was before uh we were actually long distance at the time and like she was like, yeah, I just went there and literally I got, I did the same three stretches and then sat on heat and stem for 20 minutes, you know, like mm. not, everybody has that story. God. What, how do we fix that blemish, Tyler? <laughs> well, uh, you guys know, like my dream is to create this like crazy That's right. ortho like a PT degree where it's like you wake up at 7 a.m. and hit the gym and then you go to like anatomy class and you like, I don't know, like uh, like a boot camp for four years. I would love, I think that'd be so cool to do. You want Xavier's school for highly talented orthopedic. Yeah, man. Like (laughs) you're you're like working out twice a day with your class and you get like, I don't know. I think you just come out just elite. But anyhow, I don't, I don't know how to fix it. I mean, the school system is always going to be behind and that's no fault of anyone. It's just, it's just how things progress and they, they can't be on the new edge because what if the new edge is wrong? So they, they just lag behind and pick up, you know, all the stuff left behind. Uh, I want to hear Trace's questions. Tyler, I I like that idea. Oh, you like that the the boot camp? The, I like yeah, yeah, like, man. I mean, I dude, that's that's what I think we need to do. I think we need to have some sort of higher level residency for for the the sports side of things because I mean, I know we have the OCS and SCS, and and I mean, I don't know. This is, I don't know if that stuff covers it, but there needs to be some sort of specialization. Well, I just think it's completely different when you are doing it or like you're doing the stretch yourself and you've done the stretch five times, uh, like five week, five days in a row. You've got to feel for it. You understand the progression of like, man, day one, it feels like this. Day five, it feels like this. Like, this is what I'm looking for. You you do it on your, your, your classmates, you know, the stretch, you do it on yourself. You just get like this entire feel for it. I, I think it'd be really cool to like, like my dreams of it, I'm going off on a rant are like, like semester one are like really basic or like you do yoga for a semester, like you, you, and then like the next semester you do Pilates and you like learn all the different like, uh, disciplines. I don't know. I, I think it'd be so cool. But I think, no, I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. I think that idea is 
great, man. Would they? I worked they at. The, I tell you, before I was in PT school, <laughs> before I was in PT school, I worked at a gym that had Pilates reformers, and and I used to go in there during my like off hours and mess around on those things. And I, I definitely got inspired, like stuff I do today for like soft tissue rehab, like slider lunges with for the groin, like a lot of that stuff originally, and like a lot of the core work and the rollout stuff I do, a lot of that was kind of like if I'm really kind of being intellectually honest, I think a lot of that was inspired by watching people do Pilates and, and learning all of those movements. I mean, there's so much, there's so much value in all these different exercise principles. I think that idea is really good. So any investors out there listening, Teddy and Tyler, man, school for uh, I, I, I want it to be like the X-Men school for mutants. <laughs> I forget what it's called. I was, I was picturing like a prestige worldwide type of pitch. <laughs> or that or that too. Prestige. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Trace, get a question in. Get a question in. All right. So kind of going through you haven't like you've been working with higher level athletes, it seems like for a while and even before PT school. So what like right. what was the purpose of you going to PT school that you couldn't get through like <laughs> your strength and conditioning side of it? Well, you can't practice PT if you're not a PT, Trace. You know what I'm saying? I get that. but um, <laughs> So you were looking to like treat the injured yeah, athlete I, then as opposed to just I'm continually sorry. like progressing someone. I'll, I'll be more respectful to your question. <laughs> no, no, fuck his question. No, fuck his fuck question. Fuck, fuck it on me. Guy. Just shit on me. <laughs> um, I should have been less of a dumbass. You dumb know what it was, man? Like, I... <laughs> You know, it's funny. I actually applied to a master's program to continue going down the strength and conditioning route, and I didn't get in. And I didn't get in because they told me they didn't think I wanted to be in the program. <laughs> Whoa. That's <laughs> like, a burn. I went to the – it was weird. Like, it was – I went to the interview. at VCU. And um, I went to the interview, and it was for, like, a sports sports administration and they were like, we don't think this is what you want to do. And I mean, they were kind of right. I was just trying to get a fluff masters to do a GA. Mm. Um, so I knew I wanted to go back to school. Like I set out to do PT from undergrad, to be honest. So I had all the prerequisites, you know, like I had my exercise science degree and I did. And a lot of the people from my undergrad went the strength and conditioning route. And some of them are, you know, still active in the strength world. Um, but I knew that I wanted to be PT from the beginning. So it was more, it was more like I almost got scared away from PT for a little bit because, you know, I had that, that first shadowing volunteer opportunity at, at this horrible hospital and I wanted to get out and I was like, I could never do PT. Um, but my original, it was almost like for my career progression, it was almost like strength and conditioning was an accident because I started towards PT the whole time. And then I just discovered strength and conditioning while I was in my exercise science program. Okay. So, so it was almost like, yeah, it was almost like uh, I started as PT and then I got distracted into strength and conditioning for a few years there. But then, you know, I went back to, I started PT school when I was 26. So I guess when I was 25, so like three and a half years out or whatever, that's, that's when I was kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to ready to fill out those applications, take my GRE, and uh, see who wants me. Okay. Hell yeah. 
All right, am I am I gonna go? We got six minutes left. I'm gonna squeeze one in for me. Um, I'm gonna go with the question of like, what are your thoughts on when I I, I I'm a student. You know, I haven't seen a whole lot, but I've seen I've seen 16 weeks worth of outpatient, and and I've seen some stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts uh, about the the idea that therapists don't have a like a training program ready for the day they kind of like make it up as they go as the patient comes in I've, I've heard you know you almost can't and and I, I understand it you almost can't have something ready for the patient because you don't know are they going to be flared up or are they not going to be flared up how are they doing do you have something good in do you think they should have something very set in stone like a periodization thing or is it hey it's kind of a different world you need to be able to go roll with the punches I think you need to roll the punches, man. I, and that's that's part of what makes the insurance model kind of challenging because if you don't have the ability to roll the punches and make those those kind of like those clinical decisions if you're only working with your patient for 20 minutes and then you hand them off with a flow sheet, you know, because you're not going to know how they respond to that third exercise and whether they should do more lunges or not or, or you know, how their knee's doing that day. Um with with my patients, because I have the ability to to treat for that entire hour and pivot, um, I I don't have a set plan. I think the important part about periodization is not so that you stand there and periodize and write out an eight week plan for your patient. I think it's one of those things that you learn the rules and then you can break them. And so, like with periodization, for example, if you learn how, you know, what an appropriate, let's say you're working with a higher level athlete that is doing plyometrics and stuff later in their rehab. You learn what an appropriate amount of plyometrics per week would be. You, you learn the, the importance of um, having a day that is focused more on kind of like speed and dynamic strength versus a day that's focused more on hypertrophy. You learn what the differences between those like training goals are to begin with. And so it's not that like, you're not going to period. It's not reasonable to sit there and expect to periodize your patient's plans. It's, it's just, um, it's just something that can help you to appreciate what, what you need to think about when you make those decisions, those clinical decisions for exercise. Cause the thing is, is like for, I feel like for a lot of PTs, they don't have this, this deeper seated background of, of how to make that clinical decision of like what exercise people are going to do. It's more just like, let's just do, it's a shoulder. Let's do external rotation and this, like, you know, there's not really a, um, like we're going to go for speed today or we're going to go for strength. And so there's, there's not that bigger picture thought process, like especially with lower body stuff. It's almost like rehab babysitting. It's like, all right, here's our list. Right. Exactly. We have to do today. Yeah, like like if I'm working with, you know, and I keep going back to this, but I know this is very niche. But like if I'm working with a D1 basketball player with a knee injury, and we're trying, we're at the kind of uh, the tail end of his rehab. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have specific days where we're going for like reactive box jumps and like depth jumps and low rep, lower lighter weight on the squat bar, and really going after dynamic speed. And then we're gonna have other days where we let his central nervous system kind of chill out and we're not going speed, speed, speed the whole time. 
So, you know, it's, it's that higher level thought process that definitely doesn't really, it's not really taught in PT school. And for a lot of people, they would say, well, at that point, that person could just be with the strength coach. And it's like, well, you know, there's, there's still swelling on the knee. He's still getting pain every now and then. Like, you know, it, there's, PT should be able to manage or at least help out depending on the, the situation. Hell yeah. So. And I, I see we've got my, under, I'm sorry. That's my long-winded answer to uh question about planning ahead of time. <laughs> I, I fuck with it. I love it. We've got, we've got under two minutes left. I, if you still got time, I, I think uh, Chris might have another follow-up question for you, and then we'll just get you uh, get a little wrap-up going if you're yeah, cool man. with another link. Yeah, let's run it back. All right, we'll run it. DC. <laughs> what up? <laughs>